So welcome everybody to Riven Talks. I am Noel Sayar. I'm going to be Lee, and I actually thought we were going to call the podcast Riven Pod today, but <laughs> yes, we did the same. I think the Riven you know, Talks. We, <laughs> <laughs> we really like Token Talk, but apparently there's five other podcasts called some variation of Token Talk or. Tolkien TV talk, the Tolkien talk. Like a Tolkien. Talking with, with Tolkien. Yeah. Tolkien on Tolkien. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a workshop. I also th- thought Cellar Door would be an interesting name mm-hmm. for the podcast. And there are two other podcasts also called Cellar Door. But o- o- only like a related <laughs> with, with Tolkien. Yeah, well, yeah, n- neither of the Cellar Door podcasts had anything to do with Token. But yeah, that's <laughs> making it even more confusing. <laughs> I think they just appreciated the sound of it. I guess so. Cellar Door. <laughs> or as the Token movie sounded, it, Cellar Door. Cellar Door. Cellar Door. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of lost what it was. Anyway, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> because we're going to talk about the Tolkien movie, mm-hmm. which we both just watched for the very first time, and we're going to share our thoughts, which honestly aren't going to be that favorable on my part. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, we just want to dive into this. Yeah. Uh, general impression of Tolkien? Ah. Uh, I, I didn't like it. Uh, perhaps what like, uh, I miss is they just kind of focus a little too much in the youth and like uh, they didn't like uh, put too much attention in like uh, his time of the war and like uh, like at uh, the time after <clears throat> the war that I think will like uh, influence him like uh, drastically in his character that will be obviously like a part of like uh, his, his novel like a reflect. Yeah, for me, I just kind of found it a little boring. Like, it didn't... There weren't really any stakes in this film. Uh, generally speaking, this kind of biopics used to be a little slow, and you must to be very into the character. I mean, you literally have World War One. Like, how, can you, how do you make World <laughs> War One boring? That's the part that confused me. And, like, a, I think nothing with, like, a... Like a Mark you more that like a fight, fight like in the trenches during the like the World War One, and they didn't really acknowledge that or no, they kind of just played it as this like nightmare hellscape, which of course it was, but we're just sort of cutting back and forth between the flashback scenes and the war scenes, and I don't know, like I felt. You, they didn't really spend enough time with the war. It was more just to like break up the scenes of the flashbacks. And also, like a, a, after that, they give a jump of like a, several years, and he appeared like a, <sighs> happy living with his family. Like a, I feel n- like n- nothing of that happened. I feel like they just sort of tacked that ending on, like it was supposed to end in the war or something. But the producer was like, "This is too depressing." No, we need a happy ending. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt kind of bizarre. Like, the movie... For some reason, they decided to focus on uh, Tolkien and Edith's love story, Mm -hmm. which is maybe not a bad idea. No. 
because, you know, very famously on their tombstones, it's written Baron and Luthien. Like, he, he wrote these love stories in the Silmarillion and in the Lord of the Rings based on his romance with Edith. So, yeah, I think it's justifiable to dedicate a good chunk of the movie to it, except it was so boring. There, like, there, <laughs> there were just no stakes. And I don't know, I didn't get any chemistry between Nicholas Holt and uh, the lovely lady who played Edith, <laughs> whose name I'm going to look up really quickly on IMDb. It's Lily Collins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, like, the part with the, fr- with the friendship with, like, uh, the other three was very important. But I want to see more. It's like, a, you, you can give me that, that of course is very important, but to give you that go a little farther to this, because uh, as I say, like a more things will like, a, like a happen in his life after that. I mean, I, I do feel like the stuff with his friends in the tea club, I, I think that was well done. Yeah. I liked that part of the film and I, I like how it's sort of, you know, well, kind of. I liked how it set up the the idea of the fellowship. Uh, no, I, I in general probably was my my favorite part of the movie, like a, how they build up this friendship and this like a brotherhood with like a, these friends. Yeah, but then it sort of fizzles out at the end. And spoilers for <laughs> I mean, if you haven't watched the movie, pause it right now and go. Well, maybe did not. <laughs> you know what? Yes, yes. They, they should, they should. Make your own decisions, but spoilers ahead. The way that they kill off the the two friends, like one of them is kind of an important because during the scenes of World War One, for some reason Tolkien is like headed off to find his yeah. buddy, which is I I definitely don't think it's a thing that could have happened. I don't think that Sam there would have let the feverish officer wander off yeah. <laughs> into the trenches in search of his buddy. But anyway, like the movie is focusing a large chunk on what happens to Jeffrey. Hmm. But then doesn't like the other friend die and it's like completely off screen and, and like and they don't even talk about it? Yeah, well, I guess that he didn't know because like a like a Lilith Told him when he was recovering in the hospital. Well, yeah, that the one friend died. Like, a, like a two friend dies and one friend survive. Right, Christopher. Yeah. That they say just in the very end, just like a well, he's like a friendship with Christopher never was the same, but nevertheless, he just named his third son Christopher. Well, like they make a big honor. deal about Jeffrey's death, and then they never talk about what happened to the headmaster's son. Like it's just like, oh yeah, and he died too. Yeah, but by the way, yeah, it was like whatever. <laughs> you know, it was very sad. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. It's like at the end of Endgame when they have this big funeral for Tony Stark and no one mentions <laughs> Black Widow. Like, yeah. That's kind of how, how it felt to me. Yeah, a little bit, honestly. And the and the main love story, like the you know, they try to set up these stakes of this forbidden romance, like they're torn apart because he's a Catholic and she's a Protestant, and I guess the priest doesn't want him to bone before he's married. Uh, but but nobody, nobody talk about the fact that they are basically brother and sister. Yeah, well, that's not what I was going to bring <laughs> up. But <laughs> but anyway, the priest says, no, you can't date her. And then he breaks up with her. And then 
five years later, they just sort of bump into each other at a train station, and then they confess their love to each other, and problem solved. Like, they don't even skip a beat. Yeah. And then in the, like, post-war scenes, they have a scene where Edith is concerned because he's spending too much time working, and he's not enjoying writing anymore, and he's not spending time with the children, and then in the very next scene, he, like, takes the kids on a walk and he starts <laughs> telling them the, the, the fellowship of the rings and, like, again, problem solved in the very yeah, next scene. Like, they just set up, they would set up stakes and then it would just instantly be solved. And it was just like, Yeah, okay. it, it, it is the part that I want to see more, like, uh, his... Also, like the he time in the war, but after the war, like uh, the, the travels he have, like uh, for the sequels of the war, he travels in the marriage. How like uh, start to like a uh, like a uh, move from this like a uh, passionate writer to like a uh, I don't know salary man or whoever, <laughs> and and, ev- professor. and and eventually coming back to again the passionate writer that. And writing like uh, all of the yeah, Lord of the Rings books probably would have been a more interesting movie. <laughs> I, I, I would like it to see both because I see like uh, what's lead you to here and now what is what is going on here. Well, I would have set the bulk of the movie in the post-war time and had like flashbacks to the war, yeah. kind of like the same, but just sort of left out all that teenage stuff. <laughs> you know, maybe like a few scenes to set up yeah. the fellowship, the friendship that he has. But, but yeah, I, I would cut in half the part. But I mean, for me, you know, the most interesting part about Tolkien's life and the thing that I want to see in the film is how he writes The Lord of the Rings. And, you know, the way that they did it in the film, I felt was a little sloppy because it was just like suddenly everything in his life is a reference to the books. Like, oh, yeah, what are the odds? Like, his Batman is named Sam, which is not a real thing, but they just, like, throw it in there to be like, look, this is what inspired the character of Sam. And I don't know, stuff like that just kind of feels a little cheap and, like... Yeah, it's a little cheap. Sort of like I was just kind of cringing a little. I mean, in fact, I think if you could, the last ten minutes, you basically have the first part of a two movies. Like uh, the, yeah. the times before the war, and in the second movie, they will tell you what happened after the war, yeah. <laughs> basically. So it is. I, I have that like they just only told me half of the story, and probably the half that it is less interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, they were trying to focus on the romance, but they just did a bad job on the romance, and so the yeah. movie just sort of felt incomplete. I yes, think so. The best way to put it. I mean, there were things that I liked. I liked. You know, hearing all of these languages at Oxford that he was studying and, you know, you can kind of see the, or rather you can hear the beauty <laughs> in them and you can understand why Tolkien fell in love with these ancient languages. Why he literally wrote an entire universe just so he would have a place for his language to Basically. exist. Uh, so I, I felt like they did a, a good job representing the the ancient languages that he studied. I mean, generally speaking, I enjoy the movie. I like the part, of, like the like the friendship with the with the other guys. I like his the relationship with the, like the professor. So, oh yeah, Gandalf, Professor yeah, Gandalf, Professor Gandalf. So basically, it was a good movie. It is just uh, uh, as you say, feel a little bit incomplete. Is 
But there's, yeah. no, but there's not that bad movie overall. No, it's not bad. It was just kind of okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I looked into the creative team behind it, and it was like an unknown director and two unknown writers, and it it really seemed like the kind of project that the studio wasn't super interested in doing, so... I mean, they spent $20 million on it. It made not even half of that back in the box office. Like, it bombed really? pretty hard. Yeah, oh. I can I can kind of understand why. <laughs> Again, it's just, it's just kind of boring. It's, it's a pretty passionateless movie for a man who wrote with so much passion. Yeah, and like a... Like, I weigh a lot of passion in millions of writers, so... <laughs> yeah. So, the Tolkien Estate, uh, if you guys have been following anything that comes from the Tolkien Estate, they were not pleased with the film. Uh, whether or not they've actually seen the film is unverified. Um, they released a statement even before the movie came out, basically just saying, like, we do not endorse this movie, we had nothing to do with this movie... Like, it, don't you think that they receive a copy? No, they before? had nothing to do with this. Like basically, because the movie makes no reference to the Lord of the Rings beyond saying the word no. "fellowship" and "Hobbit." Did uh, Hobbit? At the that was the very last word oh. of the film. <laughs> um, in that delicately written sentence, which. <laughs> oh, and he was writing. Yeah, which I, 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 do I miss that. <laughs> which I do believe, according to Tolkien, was more of a, a scribble that he wrote on a student's <laughs> paper he was grading, and he just sort of got the sentence stuck in his head. <laughs> but in the film, they just go out of the way with the cursive. <laughs> um, yeah, so they they couldn't really do anything beyond... Well, they could have, like, sued, but apparently they just didn't want to go through the trouble and it wasn't like a copyright infringement no not really i mean it was like a, a reference about like a, himself as the character but not really about the novel I mean, i'm not sure exactly like what the rules are about mm. making biopics about dead people yeah you know like he died nearly 50 years ago so I mean, at what point does a person's life story become public domain? Yeah. I'm, I, mean, I'm I, I, really, I honestly, I have no <laughs> idea. If a lawyer is listening to the, like a copyright lawyer or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but please let, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Get me on Twitter at Guinevere Lee. <laughs> Uh, as far as historical accuracy, uh, the movie was pretty accurate. I, I did do a little bit of research before watching it. Like, um, the two of them were orphans. Uh, they did break up. I'm not sure if the priest, like, sat him down and gave him an ultimatum. I'm sure that that was a bit of... Added drama. I think it. I, I can see. It. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it was more the the creep factor that they lived together. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she did get engaged to somebody else. But then, when they got in contact again, she realized that he was her true love. 
So she dumped the other dude. I Again, I don't think it was a dramatic train station reunion. L- but l- like going away then running in slow motion. Oh my God, what even was that? <laughs> it was pretty accurate. It was just sort of like a little silly, the, the drama that they tried to add. Honestly, I kind of wish that they had gone even crazier with it. Like... With the drama? Yeah, like, I don't know, made... M- I mean, anything. I just felt like a, there was barely a connection between him and Edith. No, no, was not the much chemistry. And, and even like the the forbidden romance. I mean, they were apart for like God, how like ten minutes in the movie? I mean, it didn't <laughs> feel that long. Like, no, <laughs> it was barely an inconvenience for their relationship. I I didn't even really understand that he was breaking up with her at first because they were just like. Like she was, <laughs> and also because give this like a jumps in time that we don't really know like how much time for one scene to another. Yeah, they don't give any years. So you know, and I found there were like interesting things that they would sort of leave out. For example, uh, in the scene where it's announced that they're they've gone to war yeah. with Germany and it, you know it's the start of World War One, and then the very next scene. We see Tolkien in his uniform having enlisted, except he didn't immediately enlist. He actually waited a year. Like, he didn't enlist until 1915. And that was a big source of uh, discomfort for him because in that time, if you didn't sign up, you were really looked down upon and shunned by society. In fact, like they, they do it when he was walking in the street was like a, some signs in the walls telling like a, basically that if you don't leave you're a coward. Yeah, and exactly. So that was the kind of scrutiny he was living under for a year while he finished at Oxford. And you know, there would have been some real drama in that in that yeah. you know, obviously he's scared to enlist because and he did admit this like, you know, he was a scholar. He he didn't really see him. Yeah, he he was not looking for that, you know. Yeah, exactly. So he was very like nervous about joining up and so he wanted to finish at Oxford at least so that he would graduate if he you know were to come to to harm and uh that there there would have been a great source of drama you could have even had it so that like Edith like hears that he doesn't sign up and she's like why like are you a coward like I don't know you're not a real man like heighten the drama if you need to but like (laughs) Yeah, I could have written a better script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, like, there's a missed opportunity. And it, and it would have also been fun to, like, focus on the stories that he used to tell his children because mm-hmm. The Hobbit was sort of born out of these wild fantasy stories that he would make up for Christopher and his other children at bedtime. You know, it would have been kind of fun to have a movie about, like, you know, this humdrum professor who's, like starting to find his love for fantasy writing by telling these stories to his kids and his kids are encouraging him and his wife is like, it's okay, follow your dreams, publish your novel. (laughs) I mean, there was just, there's a lot of stuff from his life that they could have drawn on and I just felt like they got sort of sidetracked by World War I and they tried to make it a main focus and they tried to make the romance a main focus and they, they sort of split they split the focus, and neither of the stories. Yeah, and they put the focus in the wrong places. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. 
I don't like. It's not bad. No, I mean I, I generally like uh, I enjoy it, and <sighs> if if like you are a fan of like uh, yes. the Tolkien work, for me it's like a. Uh, you should watch it. I just, I always say the greatest crime a movie can commit is to be boring. Yes. And I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this movie committed that crime. Yes. A little there were, bit. there were moments that I enjoyed, but like, I would not watch this movie again. I, I no. wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody. I don't know if I would not recommend that, but yes, I think have like a, like a highs, like a highs and downs have like a good part, some part that is meh. There were more low points yes. than high points, definitely. Yeah, there was a lot of promise. I, I did like, even though it was kind of unrealistic that he'd be wandering around with this trench fever, um, I did like the kind of crazy hallucinations he was having on the battlefield. I like the dragon. Yeah. Just, just before the Germans arrived with the flame I mean, tower. <laughs> you know, I think Tolkien has said on multiple occasions that he was not influenced by, you know, any particular moment in, in his own personal life or in history, including World War One. But it's hard to imagine that there isn't some influence from the war. I mean, it's impossible. I think not. actually, like Emin Muil is a really good example because it's a swamp filled with corpses, and when you think of a battlefield in World War One, it's, it's y- yeah, it's yeah. a fucking swamp filled with corpses. So definitely, there is <laughs> some influence. But I mean, how much direct influence? Ah, who knows. I mean, like a thing that like uh, you live through this hell and this don't have any influence on you in the future is is impossible. I mean, for sure. Like uh, how they influence you will vary a lot from person to person, but it will influence you the, somehow. The things that I personally see from like the uh, a war veteran writing these books, um, the the ending of Return of the King when Frodo comes back and how hard it is for him and his friends to reintegrate yeah. with the the Shire um, and just having this PTSD. And, of course, this is not really a concept that would have existed when Holkin was writing this, but it's clear that he understood it. Um, and that's it's really tragic, actually, like, you know, seeing Frodo slowly waste away and trying to, like, hold on to the light and... Oh, it's upsetting. I'm just thinking about. It. I mean, I think I, that that's definitely an influence from World War One. I. Uh, I think there is there's also just this this terror of how war destroys a land. Um, uh, I think that fear and that threat that war brings in Lord of the Rings is directly influenced by World War One and. Yeah. I mean, potentially yeah, World I, War Two as as well. Yeah, but I I, I remember when like uh, he had the Frodo had the visions what would happen if like the ring was taken by Sauron and they see that like the higher like completely like erased by the orcs. Well, in, the, in Return of the King, like there is the scourging of the Shire. Yeah, when, yeah. When the hobbits return, it was cut out of the movies. But yeah, that vision that he has in Fellowship yeah. that's basically showing what the scouring is. Um, but yeah, like that you actually directly see it happen in the books. Of course, that was a huge crime <laughs> that it was cut out of the films. Oh man. 
Imagine today if they tried to make those films, it would just be like, like they would do two films each. There would be like six movies. Like there would be an entire <laughs> film just dedicated to the scouring of the of the Shire. <laughs> Maybe a TV show in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I guess I'm glad I watched it because it it finally sated my curiosity, and uh, Nicholas Holt really wanted an acting award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, like. The amount of tears that man shed. <laughs> he was just imagining holding that award. I don't know. I mean, like, he, he did fantastic. So, like, in that regard, it's... No, he, he did a great job. I mean, it was a very competently made film. Yes. <laughs> he poorly planned, but the film itself yeah. was well done. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a pretty rambling review (laughs) of the film and thoughts about Tolkien in general. Do you have any final thoughts? Mm, uh, I think, as I said before, even have, like, a big flaws. I, in general, like, uh, will recommend, like, uh, for Tolkien fans, unless just for, like, uh, in my case, I didn't know too much about the, like, uh, Tolkien itself, about his past. So it can be interesting for me for that point of view. So even like I will hope to see more parts from After the War, I generally speaking, I will recommend the movie. Yeah, it was okay. If you're like a massive Lord of the Rings fan who like still feels an emptiness in their soul because they've read everything, even the stuff Christopher <laughs> Tolkien published, and you've got nothing else to consume, I mean, this is the movie for you. <laughs> At least until the Amazon Lord of the Rings series comes yep. out. We're all, we're all looking forward to that here. <laughs> uh, we need like a few months to until that. Yes. All right, so we're just going to do a quick roundup of the news. Mm-hmm. Although there's not, like, a large amount of news. We did miss a pretty important item <laughs> on our very first episode. So they did get a new director. I don't know if this was their plan all along, but the director that they had to shoot the pilot and the second episode, mm-hmm. Jay, no, Ja'a. Ja. Well, you don't say J. What's no. a J in Spanish? Jota. Jota a Bayona. Can I see it, Brad? J. It's a J. Yeah, Jota a Bayona. But I don't know Jota what... Jota Bayona. Yeah, I don't His know. His name is Jota Bayona. No, hot like a J is like an acronym. <laughs> I don't know what to stand for. <laughs> no, I know, but like you don't say J-A, you say Jota. Yeah, but the, in Spain we don't use to like a... Like I use like a... Like, like the capital only for the names. But that sounds so cool. Jota Bayona. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he directed the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. And then either they asked him to leave or he was only ever intended to direct the first two episodes. But they brought in a new director to finish the next four episodes, mm-hmm. Wayne Yip, who... Well, he's a British director. He's actually directed a few episodes of Doctor Who. Oh. A couple of Peter Cabaldi episodes. And then... Uh, for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Anyone who works with Peter Cabaldi yeah. is a friend of ours. I mean, I, I don't know, but normally in these TV shows, they don't used to employ the same director 
for the whole season or for too long. Some of them, they even change director every episode. But in fact, I was surprised that like, uh, that uh, yeah, like I have four episodes. Yeah, it's definitely not like a thing that I've seen very often. But more recently, I've I've seen it more and more. They started doing it more. Yeah. <clears throat> God, I'm trying to remember. There was a TV series that actually came out recently that we watched, and it had the same director for every single episode of the series. And the director kind of talked about sort of what a unique experience that was the, and how it, like... Did the <clears throat> season. Yeah, it really helped form the season. So... I mean, this is the most expensive TV show yeah. ever made, which will never air on TV. <laughs> um, so they certainly could have afforded <laughs> to get a new director in for every episode. Oh, but I think that they're trying to take more of um, an auteur's approach. Like, you know, when you look at Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, you know even though there were, like, ten directors on that movie, but that's another... <laughs> Still, it's like Peter Jackson's vision. You know, you yes. got one man's vision. I'm not even going to talk about The Hobbit. <laughs> but I, I feel like maybe they're they're trying to incorporate a little bit of that. Or, like, um, yeah. with The Mandalorian, they had, um, like, four or five directors. I think they had four. Yeah, but they it was the same core director directors over both seasons. And I think maybe in season two they brought in, like... A couple new directors, but basically um, it was that was one creative team kind of working together. Yeah, yeah but like a, you are jumping from like a, one director to another through episodes, and also they have similar in the Game of Thrones. They have like a kind of like a like a four or five directors in the season. So like the director that like directed episode two, did you see that come back later in the episode five or six? But but kind of like a, you don't see like a like a two episodes like a continue with the same director or like it is very rare they kind of like yeah. a changing. <clears throat> so it is why I'm surprised that like they they kind of like don't do the same with them with this like Lord of the Rings TV show. I think it's just the industry is changing. Now this article does not say who is going to direct the last two episodes <laughs> of the show. Well, cons considering the next piece of news I have, I do kind of wonder if this directorial change has to do with the producers watching the pilot and the second episode. Can I just call them both the pilots because they were <laughs> made together? Um, they watching these two produced episodes and just being like, ooh, don't like some of this, so we're going to change it. I mean, maybe they're being overly cautious because again this is the most expensive TV show ever produced that won't be shown on TV. I, I also like uh, I don't know how much influence but like uh, because COVID I know they recorded the two first episodes and then they have like a kind of like a long break. Yeah. And then they start to record like the um, like the, the next four episodes with Jay that actually if I'm correct they are like uh, in production right now. I think so yeah. But like the other two episodes was in production like a, like a last year in 2020. Yeah. If I am correct, like around summer. So they need to like stop filming and just make some readjustment for like, a, obviously for safety and for like a... Isn't there like no COVID in New Zealand now? Aren't they COVID free? Is, is not 100% free, but... 
but, like a way way better. But if you're gonna pick a country to film in, then New Zealand's definitely the, the place to go to, right? I don't know exactly the details of the drama, but I know they need to stop, and now they like continue. And I don't know if that has something to do with the decision of use a new director. Yeah. Uh, my impression is that is they was, uh, maybe the first director didn't want to continue, or, or who knows. I mean, like you said, with TV, usually directors don't stay on for more than one episode, so it it could just be so like the intention all along. Yeah, so that made me think that probably is the opposite because Kobe didn't want to like uh, change in directors. My impression was like a Jeb was intended to like uh, direct like uh, the the third or the fourth only, and perhaps for COVID restrictions like uh, he was also like uh, assigned to direct like the 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 next two episodes as well. You know, I didn't actually think about COVID restrictions in that sense, but it does kind of make sense that you would want to keep the same production team and not. Uh, rotate people in and out. I know this is a weird analogy to make, but quite like on RuPaul's Drag Race this mm-hmm. season, <laughs> where they've brought on the same guest judge multiple times because they don't want to risk bringing out too many outsiders yeah. and sort of contaminating the set. So I imagine it's a similar concept. You don't want to keep bringing directors in and out of the country, uh, especially if they have to quarantine for two weeks. You know, that that you quarantine for two weeks and then you shoot for two weeks and then you leave again and quarantine for two weeks. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah. Especially because I mean, probably like a part of the reason why they need to make that long break is for people like a go in and out. So then maybe they try to avoid do that, like extending the same like stuff for like another two episodes. Yeah. And, and it is probably the reason why we don't know the director of the last two episodes, because they don't know yet. They haven't decided. Yeah, maybe Yip will just continue and, <laughs> yeah. and do basically the entire Or they're like waiting until, you know, the, because everything is changing so fast, they cannot just really like commit with one director. Exactly. All right, well, so the other piece of news that may or may not be connected with this uh, the news that we missed last episode when we were playing our cast game. Yeah. Uh, so the actor Tom Budge has has been let go. I don't want to say he was fired. He was fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the producers definitely they weren't they weren't into whatever it was he was doing in the pilot episode. This this is what I mean though. So the producers they watch these episodes. And then they get rid of this actor, and they get rid of the director. Yeah. Now, uh, maybe these things are related. Maybe the director always intended to leave. I don't know. But I just feel like hmm, there's a little bit of nervousness. I mean... And I don't know if this is because, again, the money, or if this is just because maybe the pilot episode sucked. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you would fire more than one actor... If that was the case. I think so. Probably will be some, like, a personal issue involved that obviously we don't know yet. Even Game of Thrones, they fired two main cast members after the pilot episode. So, possibly more. I I know Daenerys and Catelyn, they were replaced. 
Um, yeah, and then minor thing that yeah. we don't care. Who knows about the, the little tiny things? But yeah, I mean, like a, like a minor actors, they are like a fire continuously, but, and the people don't know because... But yeah, so this is what the actor had to say. Um, he said, after recently seeing the first episode shot over the last year, Amazon has decided to go in another direction with the character I was portraying. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel so bad for him. Well, I mean, acting I is such a fickle career, and you got to imagine the heartbreak. Like, you get through the casting, and then you're still not worried up. You're still, like, not sure until the very last moment when you start filming that you're actually going to be in it. And then you film two episodes, and you're feeling great. And... An addition, especially <laughs> when you get the, like a, the, like the role of your life. Yeah. I mean, for these semi unknown like actors, I mean, this role will be like a huge boost. So I, I have a theory that he <laughs> that he was playing Tom Bombadil. <laughs> and then they decide to remove all the Tom Bombadil I, from I the TV show. I don't think they've recast him. I think they've just cut out his scene. <laughs> I mean, look at his face. Don't you get kind of a Tom Bombadil vibe? I mean, to me, I have like a the, like like a, a Hobbit like a face. I know that's what I mean. Tom Bombadil, despite not being a Hobbit, is very yeah. much a Hobbit. He's got that Hobbit vibe about him. Uh, I mean, it maybe doesn't help because he's wearing a, a yellow bandana and a Lisa <laughs> Simpson badge and this, so he looks very cheerful. But I'm getting such a Dom- Tom Bombadil vibe from him. <laughs> Anyway, I, I wish him the best of luck, uh, and I'm I'm curious. See, I'll have to keep my eye open for like who they recast him with, because I wonder if it'll be like a young, beautiful actor that they replace him with. You know, <laughs> like they really wanted to take this character in a different direction, or will it be someone who looks like vaguely similar, the same kind of like chubby cheeks and like elfish smile. <laughs> He really does look like he belongs in a Lord of the Rings movie, though. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel bad. Like, if if this guy can't get a role in Lord of the Rings, then what? Yeah. <laughs> like, to me, I have, like, a, like a peeping face. A, like a peeping Tom face? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> we here at the Riven Pod wish him all the best in his future endeavors. <laughs> Absolutely. And the same for Jay Bayona, if he did, in fact, lose his job. So, going back to the COVID restrictions around production, I, I'm getting the impression that these are weighing heavily on the actors. After reading an interview with Morpheth Clark, where she was talking about how homesick that she was. Yeah, so basically, she has been trapped in New Zealand since... December of 2019, I think she said. Uh, yeah, they say 2019. Yeah. Definitely so. So obviously she went there to start filming, and then three or four months later, the lockdown, I guess three months later, the lockdown happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure what happened with production, like if they continued, but either way, they definitely kept the actors there. But, but my question <laughs> is, was not everybody trapped there? I she, I mean, is, is Sully her? <laughs> I know. Is she just, like, trapped by herself? They're, like, filming her in a green, green yeah. studio? <laughs> because I am assuming that, like, uh, the same problem that she's having will have the same with the rest of the yeah. staff. Or pretty similar, you Maybe know? She, 
the only reason why this article only talked about her was because she's kind of, of all the cast, she's kind of the one that people are focusing on because she's the only cast who we know what character they're playing. <laughs> yeah, it's where I'm thinking that, like, uh, they didn't kind of rebel the role, like, in the most of the cases, but not in this case because they revealed that she's, like, a Galardio. They didn't reveal it, though. I, th- I thought that she leaked it. She leaked it, yeah. Okay. Morpheus Clark told somebody. I mean, I, I'm getting the impression, both from this interview and <laughs> in this last interview, that she kind of, um, she maybe is a little too open with the information <laughs> that she tells to reporters. But, yeah, she, like, said it in one interview, and she hasn't repeated it since. So, I mean, whether or not it's true, the studio was definitely not pleased that she said well, no, anything about definitely it. Maybe not. that's why they didn't let her leave New Zealand. Like, <laughs> that's a punishment. <laughs> if you don't know how to keep your mouth shut, we're keeping you under lock and key. Yeah, you, you don't just pay with, it, with anybody else. <laughs> and now she's trapped in a, a... She can't see her family. She can't see her friends. No, Apparently, b- Because she, they're in England, I'm she, assuming. She doesn't like the tea in New Zealand. It's yeah, too weak for yeah, her. Yeah, not as strong. Enough. Which I'm so confused. Like you can't get like a black like, tea in New Zealand. I mean, Come on. I live in Canada and I drink Japanese tea exclusively. So <laughs> I don't know what the problem with the tea in New Zealand is, uh, but I think Morpheus is just a little homesick. I think like she have a specific like a specific brand that she's don't be able to find in New Zealand, and it's all. <laughs> I just have a vision now of watching the TV series and Galadriel's just depressed the entire time. <laughs> and it's just like, like oh, why is why is Galadriel so down in the dumps? <laughs> Or like their British snap. But this tea is that. Like <laughs> yeah. a, and like a smash the, the top with this floor. <laughs> I'm sure in her trailer there's just like tea hanging from the walls now. Yeah. And <laughs> she's like got a big cauldron and she's brewing the blackest of teas. <laughs> I'm actually surprised to hear a British person say that they want stronger tea because... I mean, the British are notorious for dumping milk into tea. And it's like, can you even taste the tea after all that milk? <laughs> it is why they need it to be strong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love England. I love everybody who lives in England. My sister lives there. But, oh, you guys don't know how to drink tea. I'm <laughs> sorry, but you don't. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel a little bad. For Morpheus Clark. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, um, it's not I, easy for anybody. I, I would recommend that she maybe gets uh, less candid when speaking with the media, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely going to be in the spotlight once this series comes out. Oh, yeah. I mean, the producers, they are definitely not pleased with, with that leak. <laughs> Free Morpheus now! <laughs> Yeah, we started like a change of order. Yeah, all right. Hashtag free Morpheus Clark. Let's get this going. Let's get her reunited with her family and, and some good strong tea. All right. Well, that's all the news that I could scrounge up. Um, you know, it's still early days. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll have some more news again, but I do think we have some some plans. Um 
Uh, as some of you may know, there's a, a Russian version of the Lord of the Rings floating around on the internet. Was this found like uh, like two weeks ago, yeah, I think? I, I don't know for sure about this, but the production values really remind me of the Russian Hobbit. So uh, is it the same TV station or the same, I, same I, people who made both of them? I mean, like uh, the style is sim similar, but like, uh, I don't know, I, I, it is yeah. very new, so it is not too much information about the, like, the, the, anyway, we're, the background. Anyway, we're going to check those out, exactly. and uh, quite like we did with the Tolkien movie, uh, we're going to give you our impressions. <laughs> <laughs> quite different <laughs> adaptations for sure, but interesting. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep this podcast full of our commentary on the films. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have some deep dives into the history of the Second Age and talk about what storylines we think the show might follow. Make crazy, like crazy speculations. Oh yeah, the craziest of speculations. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, if there's any news that comes out, uh, we will post yep. it here. So until then... Like a... We need to think of a good side. I know. It's driving uh, me nuts. What do characters say in The Lord of the Rings when they part ways? Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to... All right. <laughs> I, I've got Return of the King here. I'm going to... Open, open randomly. You shall not be sheathed again until the last battle is fought. <laughs> until then, far away. Bye. <laughs>